Hello, and welcome back to the Awaze podcast, your bi-weekly dose of spicy conversations. It hasn't been bi-weekly lately. I've been a little ill and also technical difficulties with an episode that we had already recorded that we couldn't air last week. So apologies for that. But we're back and we have someone really special for you guys today. She's a poet, writer, performer. She's also an entrepreneur. She owns a piercing shop called Moon Piercing. And she's also the body modification artist who does the piercings professionally, as they should be. And she's also one of my close friends. Welcome to the pod squad, Hamdia. Hi, hello. How are you guys? (laughs) Hamdi, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Did I miss anything? Please tell us more about yourself before I get into the interrogation. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have covered it well. I have done, like you have covered my life work, may I say. Like I've been a poet, I've been a writer, I've performed. Now I'm getting into, like I have been piercing for like three years now. Um, But soon enough, I'm also going to get into tattooing and archiving tattoos. Hopefully that is the aim for me. Yay, that sounds amazing. Anybody's usually into this alternative, uh, alternative style or lifestyle, they usually know you you're a household name <laughs> the mother <laughs> so. you know like I didn't even know how much people know me until somebody was like I think it was in a random like Tuesday in a bathroom and somebody was like oh you have piercings and I was like yeah, yeah I do these this like piercings as a living and somebody was like oh that's you <laughs> moon and I was like yeah moon piercing and I'm like yeah it, it was like exciting for me to yeah. be recognized by my work, I guess. It'd be like that. Yeah. So uh, let's start off by that. So how did you get into the piercing business and what inspired you uh, to pursue this as a career? Uh, I got into piercing because like I I did most of my own piercings, but then I was having a conversation with my tattoo artist while he was tattooing me and he was just like pushing for me to start piercing. Uh, In this occasion, shout out Zola Tattoo. He was like, he was just pushing for it. He was like, why don't you do it? You already have have these many piercings they're successful you should start this and then once I started it I started piercing out of his shop and he was like he was one of those people who was very like pro my piercing decision and also my best friend Anatoly like who actually gave me the first like seed money for me to start the piercing business Uh, like at that time you have to understand like I was a student slash like worker but I was very broke Anu had a stable job and Anu was like oh here you go here's the money like I feel like this is your dream pursue it and yeah yeah yeah. that bitch would always be close to my heart and for those who have been like long-term listeners this is the person from episode one (laughs) on friendships so you see like this is how you support friends you're just like and also like the nurturing that we have towards each other which is um like we support each other on our life missions and we support each other on our personal life situationships and you know like it's very important because sometimes as as much as we love our family they might not be able to understand us in these levels and mm-hmm. friendship is where you are completely understood and taken care of and nurtured as you are instead of as they wish you to be yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah. i love that <laughs> what are some of the most common misconceptions that people have about piercings and the process itself i would say there's a lot of misconception when you are as pierced and tatted up as like 
any alternative person is in the city, which is like you might be a drug dealer or you don't take your life seriously or your body seriously or your life seriously because they don't understand that this could also be a, a way of living, which is reclaiming your body. And for me, like I have talked to a few other people that got piercings and tattoos because they went through traumatic experience, including uh, sexual harassment and abuse. And for them to have tattooed and pierced was like a reclamation. It's like saying, uh, fuck you, you cannot do anything to my body anymore. This is mine and I will do as I want with it. And it's like saying it's mine. You might have thought you got part of me, but no. Look, look what I can do with it without your permission. And I feel like that is such an anarchist way to live, which is like just coming up with your own mission statement and being like, this is what I'm going to do with my body. Okay, so it's a good point that you brought up because I also wanted to talk to you about uh, how do you approach body positivity and body autonomy in your work as well? Mm. So I feel like when it comes to body positivity, like specifically, I think of belly piercings, navel piercings, and a lot of people assume that they have like a, a little chunk or whatever. And I'm always telling people like I am very body neutral in my approach, which is like it's your body as long as like you like to see a bling on it. That's that's the way you should approach any piercings mm -hmm. I like it not does my body look good with it mm -hmm. because I don't think of situations like oh does my body fit it no 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 that's not how you should approach mm -hmm. it it's your body and you like it so now the piercing fits your body not the other way around so instead of body positivity I, I approach it in body neutrality because it's not my own body I cannot have any dictation towards it but I will always give people positive feedbacks specifically people that feel insecure because they think oh I have to lose my belly or mm. oh I have to look like this or, or I have to be like this and I'm always telling them it looks way pretty when you're confident when you are wearing like crop tops or whatever and you are confident it looks so pretty and that's like my approach towards uh, anything uh, regarding b bodily autonomy yeah that's very important I think I saw a TikTok on this hmm. someone said uh, how to have a summer body yeah and then she said stop one have a body she's like honest to that's god it. that's it that's, <laughs> that's like it. that's the whole step because like i felt like uh capitalism and diet culture has dictated specifically when it comes to women uh we have learned from our teenagers on how to manage our eating how to lose weight how to manage certain weight and expectations of what the like the male, male gaze thinks is hot so we assume that that's the body we should have instead of the body we already have and also how to keep it healthy not like in this um you know like how people usually tell you when you gain weight oh my god you look so unhealthy or you know like this unsolicited advice Very. but you know what's best for you you know what your body looks like when it's at its healthiest uh, and i rest. feel like exactly and that is your peak look it doesn't matter what it would look like in front of a mirror if you're healthy if you're well rested if you're hydrated and you can get like anything you want out of your body let's say you move around like 24 7 and you still manage to get up next morning refreshed that is your body at its peak that's it yeah that's that's it like yeah. it doesn't matter what it looks like it matters how it helps you achieve what you want to achieve in life 
Yeah. Which is live, like. Exactly, <laughs> live exactly. <life>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as it feels nurtured, you have it, you know? Exactly. One interesting thing is people are scared of getting tattoos or piercings because of the pain. Mm. But also, like, there is a connection between pain and pleasure. So I wanted to know what do you think is the connection between pleasure and pain in the context of body art? Uh, when it comes to body art, like, pain is very much involved, even though there are so many numbing creams and numbing, like, mechanisms, even, like, top anesthetic that could be applied to the skin like through needle whatever there's like those mechanisms and no shame to those who would do that but for me specifically I think there is like this is what like sometimes I feel old because I still think that you should earn something Mm. but it's not because of the pain factor it's that you can sit through something you know you can process something because let's say you're getting like a two hour tattoo now you have to process the pain you have to process your decision to get the tattoo and shit like that it doesn't matter what the ink looks like mm-hmm. at the end of the day that is your personal choice but I feel like there is a connection spiritually per se like where you kind of start asking yourself after the hour and after like few wipes like you feel irritated yeah. and you start asking yourself is this what I want to do is this like do I want to finish this why am I doing this to myself and if the answer is god damn it it's gonna look cute at the end Mm. of the day I feel like that you kind of earn your specifically here you earn your ink piercings like end in like five seconds the the moment you feel the pain the jewelry's in you're out so now with piercings the pain comes with aftercare yeah and I feel like that is what makes it a bit different from tattooing instead of the getting it part it's the maintaining it part that is painful and I feel like that also like makes you think of how well do I take care of myself really how well am I willing to wash this piercing Mm -hmm. how well am I gonna look after it and make it like a conscious decision to see if it is healing well or not I feel like that is that is its own like yeah that's a pain point that also yeah yeah Yeah. As, as much as there is also an aftercare for tattooing I feel like the aftercare for piercing is more intense it is yeah yeah (laughs) but like what would be an advice to give to someone who wants to get a piercing or is nervous or unsure Mm -hmm. about getting it the way I see it is it's like there are two type of people the the one section is the person who's gonna think it's through before they get a piercing and there are those who will spontaneously walk into your shop and get the piercing and both are valid but I feel like you are asking me about the former one so the ones who would think of getting the piercing and process it and are afraid of the pain is take your time yeah there is honest to God there is no rush here take your time and you can even come to the shop and see the instruments see the needle and if you're still not sure you can leave Mm -hmm. it's okay and exactly and it really is about you there is no ego here I don't think in any tattooing or piercing shop there should be ego I think the the person should consult you it's not about you receiving something at the end it's you feeling comfortable enough to get something so you should feel comfortable you should feel at peace you should ask all the questions and you know get like an actual answer nowadays you can actually do research yourself as well there's a lot of like um, reading materials that exist there's a lot of YouTube videos a lot of TikTok videos that exist I feel like there's a lot of piercers out there who give like really really good advices and listen to them and if it's not for you it's not for you there is actually no pressure at all so about your clients specifically you've pierced a lot of people in the alternative scene and add these so what are 
are the most interesting stories that you've heard from your clients? And what are some of the interesting careers or like unexpected career choices that they have uh, given the piercing that they're getting? Of course, for you, it's not unusual, but you wouldn't expect like a banker, you know, or like a lawyer to have like face Oh, there's a lot stuff. of those. That's the thing. When, when you work as a piercer, everybody's career choice is interesting to you. And for me, like shout out to like, if she hears this episode, she would know who she is. Uh, one of my favorite clients, she's getting into like international diplomacy and whatnot, but she practically comes every two weeks or three weeks to get a piercing. Yeah. yeah. And every single time we have a conversation about how her life is going, it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. I cannot really divulge into that because yeah, yeah. it's very private, but she is one of the most interesting people. There is also another person. She's also one of my favorite clients. Um, she just quit her uh, nursing job recently and got into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I completely like admire people like that who at first thought had it figured out, but then they were like, oh no, this is not what I want. This is sucking my energy. I want to do something that actually like that I value, not everybody else, but I value. And for that, like, you know, th- there are a few professionals that come through and get piercings and stuff like that. Most of the time they stick to ears, which understandably so, because uh, your environment wouldn't allow you to be as pierced or tatted up, like visibly so. As you want. Yeah. But I feel like soon enough, the work dynamics is going to change and mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to be hella pierced and hella tatted yeah. up and that's going to be acceptable. Um, I wanted to talk about, before we move into the next section, uh, talk about like the role of consent and body art. Uh, I've had at least two piercings from you. You're very gentle in the way you handle your clients. You say, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to use. So it's very comforting. I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. <laughs> it actually really makes me happy to hear people <clears throat> feel comfortable in my space. Yeah. I think the thing is that um, I've been around the body mod community for a while and it's very male dominated. And what I noticed is there's a lack of gentleness. Oh, for sure. And like even now when I'm trying to like get into tattooing, what I'm trying to do is create a very like safe space, safe space, but also mainly women. Yeah, exactly. Because I want the gentleness to be there. I like just because I'm going to literally like send a needle through you, (laughs) (laughs) like because I'm going to cause you pain. It doesn't mean that the gentleness should not be there. I think more so the gentleness should be there because I'm going to cause pain. You know what I mean? And also like till the end, I want you to know you're in control. Like you're the one who decided to come and get pierced. You are in control. At any given moment, we can stop. You know what I mean? Like, what's the worst that would happen? I'll make you pay for the needle you wasted. That's it. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's pretty much it. That's it. So like, I still want you to have control over what's going on and that it's everything is safe. Everything is clean. Everything is sterilized and sanitized. I still want you to make sure of that because some people tend to regret things and I don't want the regret to be about the process. They Mm -hmm. can regret the decision to get pierced, but they can never regret the process because that's in my hand. Yeah. And you're very transparent with it as well. Very much so. Like as in because of so many people kept asking me if I do gun piercings. I literally like recently put out no gun piercings. Please talk about that. Please talk about that. People don't know. I legit put it like on the Instagram page because I was like, I, I got frustrated. I know when something is asked of you repeatedly, you get frustrated because people see the gun piercing being like this quick, quick way. Yeah. But the problem is like most of the body of the gun is not metal. Yeah. It is plastic. So with that comes 
it cannot get sterilized. And what is going into your ear, the jewelry is dull. So it literally is being forced into you. It's mm. impact piercing. So when that happens, what happens is your skin gets contacted with the dull object, right? So now your blood goes into the machine and they don't clean it. Oh my God. Yeah. So you get what I mean? Like it is high case of infection and the jewelry is very low quality. So high case of infection. When a jewelry is low quality, there is a high chance of infection as well. And then nobody tells you how to clean it. These people don't wear gloves when they, you no, know, they and they literally have like this small pad of alcohol they clean your ear with if they do that. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there's a high chance of it ending up in a place you don't want it to. If you move a little, because one, the needle is super sharp. It goes in so quickly. It doesn't need much of my effort. Yeah, my effort to put through. But that needs an impact. And if you move a little, the piercing will not be as straight as you want mm -hmm. it to be. So now it will heal badly because it's not sitting well to start with. Exactly. And then who are you going to go back and consult with? You know what I mean? For example, one of the things I always make sure to tell clients is you can always text me. I will respond. I will give you like the advice that you need. The advice you need and the guidance you need to the best of my ability. And when I can't, I always tell people, let me research and I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. And I do that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I don't know everything. Literally. Come on. You know what you're doing. Oh, <laughs> you know what I, you're doing. I hope so because a lot of people come to me. So <laughs> yeah. I sure I, hope I know what I'm doing. Like, hey. Please, if you're thinking about getting a piercing, this is your sign, I feel like. So um, you're one of the most spiritual people that I know. I feel like you put it into, even if you're listening to advice or doing the work that you do, I feel like the gentleness comes from that sense of knowing. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, like, how does your spirituality inform your work? It might be as a writer, as a poet, even performer or even piercer. So yeah. I wanted to know if you incorporated into your work at all? I think like everything I do is very much spiritual to me. Like um, when I was writing and when I was performing my poetry and everything, it was very spiritual. And it was it was always about the universe. It was always about Mother Nature for some reason. But after that, even once I started piercing it, like for me, at least like once I started piercing, it was a way of being an indigenous person. It mm. was me following along the, the cultural things I've seen growing up and doing more research on those and then acknowledging that this is part of who we are. And a lot of places get tattoos and piercings when they achieve something in life. It is seen as like something you earn as well. Mm. And like I took that to heart and I was like, how can I put that into modern day framework? Like, how can I phrase this in a way that makes sense to me? So that's why like I whenever I pierce, I tell people to breathe in and out. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, but that is a meditation by its by itself. You are preparing your body for pain. And that's why it doesn't hurt much. Mm. That's why people end up saying, oh, it's not that painful. It's not. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, that's because you prepared your body for it. Mm. And I feel like my spirituality has guided me on to best things on the universe because I have spoken things and I have seen the fruits of those things. Growing up, I even though I was more religious than a spiritual back then, I told myself that I'm going to live my life authentically and I managed to do that. I also literally manifested the friendships I have and I have manifested the relationship I have. I have manifested the work that I do and I will continue to do so because what's the worst that can happen if I believe in myself? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> I 
actually, I skipped a point. Uh, it just came to me earlier about when I was discussing about you asking for consent. The funny thing is, once you get tatted and uh, you have like visible tattoos, people think they have a right to come and just touch you. Oh my I've god! Had people, <laughs> when I'm wearing a kabakless shirt, and they just come. Like, Excuse me. Like, <laughs> you didn't ask. You know, the consent goes out the window. A I feel sacred like people... vessel. You cannot just walk on and touch me. I think for me, like I have had that moment where this guy just walked onto me and just touched me. I felt icky. And I don't think my explanation gave him a satisfying answer either. He didn't understand why yeah. he was wrong. Yeah, but then I was like, okay, not everybody would understand you. Not everybody understands consent either. Yeah, I think it's for some people, especially men. Oh, good lord. <laughs> it gives them an open That just is like, so okay like to touch you. Just like dress some way, they think it's yeah. okay to say something, to expect something. And then when you get tatted, they think it's okay to come and just touch you. Like, yeah. What? But I also think, you know, they grew up thinking that everything is there for them. Mm. They grew up being catered to. So they could not fathom a world where people are just existing without considering them. So they have to insert themselves and then touch you or like you know in any way make you uncomfortable to be yeah. like yeah I have a right over this but it's such a like subconscious thing that they don't even understand it so when you explain it to them there is like a disconnect they're like mm, you you have it I touch it what's the problem because yeah. they don't see that in your mind you're like you are a stranger yeah. I don't know you so for you to touch me you need to ask mm. they don't see that they're like what's the problem it's just me you're like there is you. no <laughs> such thing as it's just me with a stranger <laughs> <laughs> but the worst part is the men that are conscious and around them would not give them a good word. You know what I mean? Be like, my guy, you cannot just run into a random girl and touch her. And also, once you're tatted, they're assuming you're so open to being touched. They don't see it as, as like you claiming your body. They see it as, oh, she went and got all these tattoos for me. For me. That is like so self-absorbed and hopefully one day will change. And yeah. it's not just like an Ethiopian thing. It's actually worldwide. Yeah, so yeah. Sure, hopefully sure. it changes because everybody exists within their body and they're allowed to do as such within their body. And as long as you're not harming anybody, whatever you do to your own body, within reason, of course, that is a good way to live. Yeah, I agree. Men, like we love you. Just be better. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a little spiritual, spiritual work, you know, yeah. just a little bit of understanding who you are and what you offer in the world, because there is so much you offer that has nothing to do with you being a man that has so much to do with you being a person. Once you find that, like, you're just gonna thrive in this world, because whether we like it or not, this world is made for a patriarchal system. So once you know who you are, like the world is your oyster. So Literally. might as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about the business aspect of it. I know you have lots of things like brewing in the background other than your pricing shop as well. Mm. I wanted to ask, like, what challenges did you face when you started your own business and how did you overcome them? Honestly, shout out to all of my friends because y'all are day ones. Uh, one of my friend, BT, like she helped me in getting my stuff into the country because needles and jewelries, that was the problem. And she helped me get the connection with friends in Kenya and a friend of mine in Kenya, Malik, he helped me buy my stuff. And then like whoever's traveling from Kenya to Ethiopia brought my stuff. That is how all this started. And that's why like I really do believe in a village because of that. Because if people were not willing to help me, would I even have a business? The outsourcing is the difficult part of 
the job. And now, like, I get my all of my stuff from U.S. and I I buy in bulk. So I know sometimes my my prices are like okay. Let's let's talk capitalism. My prices are deemed a little on the expensive side, and understandably so. But I source everything from U.S. and yeah. even with dollar prices going up, I am really really trying my best to stay on the same price range as I started because I know it's already expensive. Mm. I know it's already deemed as a luxury. For some, it is a necessity, but for others, it's a luxury. So I try to stay within the same price range and I try so hard. So I purchase in bulks. And when you purchase in bulks, the advantage is a huge discount, of Mm. course. But the other thing is you are also spending a lot of money. So that like by itself is going to be a detriment to you. But I don't see myself stopping what I'm doing anytime soon. So I see it as an investment more or less. And also I see it an investment in a way where I have a community behind me. I have a lot of people that would recommend me to their friends. Three weeks ago, I had a client who came to me, even though she heard of another piercer, she still came to me because she liked the way her friends talked about me. (laughs) See? And... I'm like, that's what I want. That is what I strive for. And that is also why I try so hard to still keep the prices the way they are. Because if we didn't live in a capitalist world where I have to pay for my supplies in advance, where I don't have to pay for rent and everything, like Mm. all this would be very cheap. But there's a lot that goes into it that so, you know, your prices will be your prices. But let's let's hope that they stay the same. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the challenges is like outsourcing your materials. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, you've been doing this for, for three years. I'm sure you know the ins and outs of how... Running a business, especially a creative one, a niche one like this can be very challenging. So uh, as do the listeners. So I wanted to know what advice would you give to someone who is interested in starting their own business, especially in this creative or or alternative aspect or space? Uh, Do you have any advice? My advice would be start it. Like it doesn't matter how tiny it is. It doesn't matter how it seems unplanned or unorganized. Start it. Like that's the first move you make is very important. It doesn't need to be like a well thought out step. Mm -hmm. It just needs to be a step. So once you start that, you will understand how many people out there want your service and how many people out there would reach out to you wanting you to keep doing it. And the market is out there because when it's niche and when it's creative and when it's it's not done in Ethiopia, the best part is you are not just an entrepreneur, you are an innovative in your own right. Like, so now you can make it look like the way you want to make it look like. You can create whatever you want. And it's so new that nobody's going to question you. So just start it. And mostly, like, I don't want to be ignorant to, you know, the trouble of starting a business. It's usually financial, right? So make it an online market, like an online thing and push it. Like you can create a page for it and then you can advertise it on your own page and then make your friends repost it. Like push people to do what needs to be done for you to see the success you want to see. But you you don't need a physical shop these days. And that is like the best thing. Also, yeah, do not limit yourself. It's not going to get you anywhere. You're going to be stuck doing what you don't want to do for years. And we've seen how that pans out for a lot of people, including like the generation before us, like how, you know, some people talk and you're just like, oh, my God, you're so bitter. We've had those conversations with people. So if you want to live a happy life and you already have an idea of how your life should go within the scope of work you want to do, start it. And there's no age limit on it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's time for the fun question segment. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I need you to take out your phone. Okay. What's the last thing you Googled? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was Googling a glueless wigs. <laughs> Snatched. Honestly. Snatched. It's, <laughs> oh my God. it's fine. It's style. What are you most looking forward to this year? Oh. I mean, we're already six months in, but... Yeah. I was saying this a bit earlier, yeah. I ordered my tattoo machine. I am looking forward to learning new skills. I am looking forward to just settling within myself mm. and just being content. Because I feel like when you're young, you're always looking for the next best thing. Mm. So I just want to be content with what I have and admire the things around me, admire the friendships I have around me, admire the relationships that are thriving and hopefully nurture them even though I'm so bad at like keeping up with people sometimes it's like oh you understand I love you but then but then if I don't say it yeah. will you will you like <laughs> are you supposed to imagine it you know what I mean so I I want to show up more okay yeah That's nice yeah I love that <laughs> let me talk about the future yeah, for please. me because I feel like a year is such a short that's true yeah so I feel like the future for me is I want to collab with a lot of artists, whether it is people that paint or draw or write or perform or whatever, in whatever capacity, because I, beyond anything, I'm an artist and I really do believe in self-expressions. So hopefully I collab with a lot of, a lot more people. There is a plan to start an archiving process. So hopefully I get to collab with a lot of photographers, videographers, uh, people who write poetry about these type of things and hopefully I would engage more with the alternative community in Ethiopia as well. You know where to find her. I'm going to put her socials <laughs> socials in the description. So if you want to collaborate you know where to go. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming. I thank appreciate you that you so shared much. your story. <laughs> Alrighty, well that concludes the episode today. I hope you had fun talking to us and I'm sorry that I sound like I just woke up. I have a little frog in my throat but hopefully I cover by the next episode and yeah if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for the next episode please dm me at dawazi podcast instagram i'll have all the socials in the description i hope you have a good day bye